0: This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing,
1: sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. Are you one of those home improvement business owners who are convinced they have to put in more hours to make more money? Are you afraid to raise your prices for fear of losing work to your competitors? If you answered yes to these questions, you could be stuck in the same place that many home improvement business owners and entrepreneurs find themselves at some point. To prove that you can successfully be a premium-priced, in-demand service provider, charge the right amount for each job, and increase your profits, I've invited my friend and longtime client John Rogers, owner of Rogers Roofing, to this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing. And on this episode, we'll discuss his start in the business with his father nearly 30 years ago and how he's grown that small family business to one of the most respected in-demand home improvement companies in the Chicagoland area. Today, Rogers Roofing is a full-time staff of over 50 people and completes over 1,000 projects each year. You're going to love this episode, so listen up. I promise you'll learn a lot from John. So let's get to it.
0: All right, John. So let's talk about. I, I want to know kind of where your where your business started. But before we get into that, let's talk real quickly about where you are today. Tell us a little bit about Rogers Roofing. Well, you know, today, Brian, it's, uh
2: we've kind of expanded our line over the years to do, you know, uh, siding, windows, gutters, a lot of the exterior uh, on the house. You know, we service the Chicago land market, Northwest Indiana. We go into Southwest Michigan. Uh, we've got about 50, 50 to 60 full-time field people. Uh, we probably complete anywhere from 900 to 1100 projects a year. Um, you know, again, in, in those in those roofing, siding, windows. Um, lucky awesome. enough to have family working for me. My uncle uh, is my vice president. My aunt's an office manager. I've got. Uh, some of my some of the guys have been with me here, my production manager's been with me for twenty plus years and have been, you know, friends of mine for even longer. So real fortunate in that end, that's for sure. Cool. And you got that cool new office? Yeah, yeah. We uh we demolished our old office and uh we put up a, a brand new like thirty eight hundred square foot uh I'd say modern office where before it was where I Probably didn't want customers to come well now we're proud to bring customers here it, it is really uh it it's a palace compared to what it was and you know it's it's a testament to all the hard work and effort that everybody at your at you know rogers joing is uh has put in over the years
0: yeah that's good and it's your i think you know one of the important things about about being in business for yourself is really thinking about the future and abil- thinking about you know building wealth for yourself and for your family, and so I think one of the things that that you've done and i and and a lot of my clients do and a lot of you know the the entrepreneurs do is they they own the buildings where their businesses are, and you own the the property you own the building yes. where you're at yes correct yeah um, and how long ago did you did you move to that location? We purchased this uh facility back in nineteen
2: ninety one.
0: Oh wow actually yeah, it's started. been a while.
2: Yeah, it's been a while. We've been in this location uh, for many years. Before cool. that we worked out of our house. Uh, my dad was a Chicago fireman and uh, you know, it was me and my dad, my uncle, and he ran everything out
0: of the house. Yeah. So tell us about so tell us kind of where where it started. So you, your dad and your uncle. How old were you when you got into the business with was, your dad and your uncle? I started uh, cleaning
2: up on my dad's tear-offs, again, being a fireman, where he would work 24 hours and he'd be off 48. The days he was off, he'd go put roofs on for usually other firemen or policemen here in Chicago. And uh, so during the summer, I would I would labor. And by the time I was 16, you know, my uncle and my my dad taught me how to put a roof on and, you know, I became pretty good at it. Um, and every summer... Uh, through high school and college, you know, that's what I did. You know, and it was uh at the time I was some I almost taught me like, well, maybe this is something I really don't want to do because this is hard. <laughs> and uh by the time I graduated college, I really had every intention of of going maybe into banking or some sort of, you know, white collar uh job. And you know what I found looking for jobs at the time I got out of college, this is 1987, I really found out that, you know, I, I do like, I like being outside, and I like working with my hands, and I like taking something that was, you know, really kind of crappy looking in the morning, and by the afternoon, we'd get done, you know, turn into something pretty nice, put a nice roof on somebody's house, and working with guys, you know, some of my friends, and, um, you know, kind of like teamwork, you know, a lot of teamwork, and we'd make things fun on the roof, you know, we'd, we'd sing, we'd quiz each other, we would just, you know, we'd race putting shingles on, and it was a lot of it was a it was a good time, and uh, so instead of going down that white collar path, you know, over the years I I just uh, I decided you know I, I I like working outside and I want to be part of Rogers Roofing and try to expand what my dad had started, and uh, you know and that's that's kind of led us where we are today.
0: When did you kind of start to get more involved in the running of the business rather than being out? putting on roofs?
2: You know, it's it started um, in probably like the mid-90s, late 90s, and it, it really, it became evident to me when I started going to seminars uh, here in Chicago, and there was a gentleman named Richard Kaler, and Richard Kaler was from Philadelphia, and CertainTeed would hire him to come in and do uh, these conferences, and he would talk about sales or uh, marketing and production and Richard was a visionary. Uh, he was a guy that was doing, you know, ten million dollars in business back in the day. He had all these processes. He had all these uh, plans, and, and everything ran like a like a fine oiled machine. And I really, I, I was just taken aback by how how uh, amazing he sounded. And I thought to myself, my goodness, if I can be half the guy that this is, that he is then you know maybe i could get to that point so richard uh started uh, an organization back in the late 90s called it was called certified uh uh contractors network which back in the day was uh contractors network of america and i was invited to a conference uh there in deerfield beach and richard was basically he was the conference he was running everything so instead of having speakers come in he he did the whole thing and you know there's probably 25 people in the room and at the end of the conference, you know, he asked people to join his network. And they were going to have quarterly meetings, and we were going to talk about production, sales, administration things. And, man, I thought, you know, I have to do this. Well, the problem was at the time my dad was still kind of running the company and, you know, taking care of all the bills and things. And at the time I think it was probably like $1,000 to join, and it was going to be $250 a month. And I'm like, there's just no way I'm going to be able to get this, you know, past my dad. He's going are you crazy? So I knew how important it was and so I decided to to pay it myself. And because I knew that it was going to take us places um that that nothing else could. The information I would learn and the people I was going to be around, the like-minded people that wanted to help, share their thoughts and all their ideas, um they were going to get they were going to get me to where I wanted to go. So I paid for it myself and you know, for about a year, and I finally told my dad, and he's kind of seen things were going a little bit better. He said, well, maybe this is a good investment, so I'll, I'll, we'll just have the company pay for it then.
0: So it let me ask you best something. Best decisions I ever made. Yeah, so let me ask you something, though, because, you know, obviously you saw the value in investing in yourself. Yeah, you invested in Richard's program, but really you were investing in yourself. Why do you think or 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 maybe you know why do you think your dad would have freaked out at the beginning
2: Well I think you know he he was just he was old school you know okay. he was um he, he, it was just you know my dad was uh you know the the, the price what well, there wasn't any overhead there was no profit there was you know basically just him making some maybe cash on the side that would you know help his family and help him a little bit but it, it, he probably just couldn't understand because he really wasn't a businessman. He was a really good roofer, and people liked him, and they hired him because of that. But he wasn't a true businessman at that point. So I just think that you know the the, the financial um, investment, maybe he just couldn't understand it because it was never something he was exposed to.
1: Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today.
0: It's interesting because, you know, in order to make that investment in yourself, you had to believe that there was something bigger, better for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. Um so you made the investment, you made the investment and you started to go to work on the business and and like you said in a year there were things that were starting to change. What what were some of those things that were starting to change where your dad looked at it and said, "Whoa, wait a minute. Maybe there's something to this."
2: Well, I think, you know, there was a a sales process that that you know, you learned through the network um we learned about, you know, how to price the job properly and and what direct costs are and what, uh, what your gross profit is. Um, before that, you know, it was a matter of, you know, how how we checked our financial stability was what was in the checkbook. Um, and, and so he started to see that he started to see that, um, we, we needed to hire, you know, and and train crews to go out and do the work and represent our company, what our values are and how we do things. um, and, and, and bring that around, which in turn, you know, it allowed for us to do more work, to hire a you know full-time production manager and focus on scheduling jobs and uh, you know taking care of the customer and setting up the crews and allowing myself and my uncle to go out and sell jobs and 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 show people, you know, why we are, you know, what we do and how we do things and you know we're able to obviously charge a lot more. Based on the fact that you know we, we bring so much more to the table, so just again be, being part of that network got the ball rolling, and and, and it, it continues to roll today in terms of you know investing in yourself. You can't you can't put a price on that. You know it's yeah. it's the things that you learn and you invest in that get you to where you want to go, and that's what it's been for you know twenty plus years for me.
0: Well, and and you know, and I know that you still do that because what what I found what I found very interesting and surprising, I'll kind of go I'll, I'll take people into kind of a behind the scenes moment here, but uh last year, I think or no, the year before, 2015 I think it was, I did an event with a very successful roofer in um in the Tampa Bay area. And we promoted we promoted the event, and of course, I promoted it to my clients and and just in full disclosure uh, John and i John's been a client of g force for i don't know five six years, and we've become friends over over the years um and I didn't the the one of the last people I expected to show up was John just because i mean this 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 is a smart guy that runs a really, really good business and this was not a cheap event and sure enough john ends up on the list he comes to the event and i was a little shocked i think i even asked him i said well why are you coming you know why are you coming he says well cuz you know there's something to learn there's something to learn from these people so this is not something that has stopped with your success this is something that that continues and i think that's that's really important yeah, um, I do too. I, th- I think it's it,
2: it's so important. It's one of the most important things because, you know, when you start thinking that you know it all and you got it all figured out, boy, you're going to usually get a, a pretty good slap in, in the face. Right now. <laughs> yeah, you know. And, and when I can be around guys, and you know, it really, it's it's just being around good, smart people that take care of their customers, they take care of their employees. You know, they do things the right way. And listen, we don't do, you know, we don't do everything right. Nobody does. But if I could have pick up, if I could pick up just a few things from Ari and his children who are part of the business and are wonderful people, his wife, and they they opened the doors to their business, and we took a tour, and we seen their processes, and they they said, just take any piece of literature you want and, and duplicate it, whatever you want. I mean, how special and wonderful is that? Yeah. when people like like that who are very successful they're opening their doors and they want to share everything because they want to see you be successful
0: well and the thing with that too is that you have to put, you have to get your ego out of the way in order for you to be able to acknowledge that and say hey there is something for me to learn. The most successful guys that I know, guys and ladies, put their egos aside and say no matter how much I think I know, there's others that know stuff I don't. And they're always going and always looking for that's, you know, that next thing, that something. What else can I learn? How can I be better? Yeah. That's, you know, that, and that's, that's one of the things, I mean, quite frankly, I mean, that's one of the things that I want to do with this, with all of the things that we're doing with the wealthy contractors, not only bring smart people like you and inspiring stories like yours, but, you know, it's like, how can we constantly be, be getting better? You know, one of the things that I want to ask you about it, and it's this is a big issue, and I know it has not been an issue for you for a very, very long time, and that is – the issue of price and getting the right price for the job so that it creates a real business rather than just like you were saying your dad would go out and he would just wanted to make enough money to just some extra money but when you started looking at the business you started looking at it in a very different way can you talk a little bit about how you made that decision that hey we're not we're going to price stuff the right way so that we make the right money in order to build this business the right way.
2: Well, that 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 kind of, that process kind of started for me back in in 2000 and I was at a uh, a certified contractors network uh conference in San Diego and I was there by myself. I didn't bring any of my team members with, it was just me and I listened to a a person who recently did a podcast you know charlie gindell who both you and i have a tremendous amount of respect for and i listened to charlie talk about um you know empowering his employees and being an open book company um talking about you know how well the company's doing in some months you know maybe it's not doing so well and this is our goals and this is my plan here's my vision for the company here's my vision for my employees and it really it, it opened my eyes to the possibility of just how great is it when you get your employees to see your vision and you tell them your vision, you get them to buy into it, and really what's more important is telling them what's in it for them, because that's what they want. They want to know what's in it for them. Right. And so who wouldn't want to work for a company like that? And the other thing was there was a financial mastermind um, group uh, led by a, a a gentleman named Tom Capizzi, again, a guy of tremendous respect for, and and Tom would talk about things like gross profit, uh, uh, direct costs, and how to price jobs to get, you know, uh, what you need to cover your costs and also make a profit. And like you know, what I said before is that we used to look at the checkbook and say how much is in, in, in our in our checking account. So basically, what I did is on the way home with all this information. I'm flying back to Chicago. Going through my head, I pull out my laptop and I I wrote myself a letter, and it was a letter saying that you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home and I'm going to raise the prices, and I'm going to double my salary because I'm not making what I should be making at this point. And we're going to do it, and we're going to provide all this, you know, the the training and everything for our salespeople, and it's going to work. And and it was almost like, you know, they say, you know, we're going to we're going to burn the boats. Well, you know, we we burned the boats. We raised the prices, probably almost thirty or forty percent, which was ab- absurd at the time for people in my company. But you know what? It worked because they they bought into it. So it's been a it's been a, it's been a, a good run.
0: Now let me ask you something. You raised prices thirty forty percent. Did you give your customers more value? Yeah, uh,
2: I mean, I, I think that you, you have to you know i mean you have got to bring more to the table if you're going to be you know sometimes double the price of what some other contractors are yeah. um and you, you have to bring more value to the table of course
0: the reason i asked you that and it's kind of a trick question right cuz i knew the way you would answer it but a lot of people will think that a lot of people in business this is it's such an emotional topic and when i do when i do the presentations and we talk about price I take it I I do my best to take it from an emotional argument to a logical argument. And the first thing you got to do is recognize is you're not really going to lose a whole lot of jobs by by raising your price. But I think the other thing that's really critical and really important is that it allows you to provide your customer with the experience that they deserve and expect. Right, so That's you right. guys right now, Rogers Roofing is not. I mean, you're way up there, right? I mean, you're one of we're, the. We're if you're going a in a house, and there. they're looking at you and a couple other people, you're going to be the most expensive, if we not are. pretty we're damn gonna, close, right? Both,
2: we are. We yes. Yeah. Now,
0: now here's the interesting thing, though, and we had this same conversation with Airy. It's like, and when we were there, it was funny. When we were there, when we were doing that, they were backed up for six weeks. They had however many salespeople they have, a bunch. They were backed up for six weeks. And it's common knowledge in that market that they are the most expensive company to do business with. And yet people were backed up for six weeks. And that blows a lot of people's minds because they really think it's all about the price. But it's not. It's about the value that the company provides.
2: Well, uh, and I'll I'll share a quick story with you. It's a Richard Kaler story. You know, many years ago, Richard and I were on a call, and he said to me, you know, so how how busy are you? I said, oh, my gosh, we're, you know, we probably got eight weeks' worth of work sitting right now. He's like, eight weeks? You're not charging enough money. (laughs) What are are you talking about? He goes, okay, just just listen to me now. I said, okay, Richard, what's that? If you raise your price 10%, are you going to lose some jobs? Oh yeah, of course we probably would. I mean, so okay, you got six weeks worth of work. Okay, now let's say you raise it another ten. Will you lose some more jobs? Well, probably. I'm twenty percent more than everybody else. Okay, so now you're four weeks out. John, do you see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna make more and you're gonna work less. Right. I'm like, wow, what a great philosophy, and
0: make have a lot more, less liability.
2: Yeah, a lot less liability. And, and, You know, how about the other thing of just being able to really focus on the customer experience because you're you're not chasing to get done and get to the next job?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're actually, by pricing jobs low, you're actually doing a disservice to your customer. Because you can't provide them, because you know in the business you're in, and the roofing business, well, in any home improvement, really any business, in a home improvement business, in order to be the lowest price, you got to cut something from somewhere. Sure, right. So you got to cut something from somewhere. Well, who's getting impacted by that? You know, you're ripping. You're essentially ripping off the customer just so that you can get the job, so you don't make any money. <laughs> right. So you turn right. money. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a bad, it's such a bad philosophy, but so many people have such an emotional reaction to it. And it's really, it's like, how do you do it? I mean, how do you prepare your head to do that for the people that are listening, that know they're not charging enough, that want to charge more, that aren't making the profit? How do you do it?
2: Well, I mean, you know, for me, it's, 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 it's not about, you know, it's not about the price. It it's, showing the customer the value and what we bring to the table and what type of experience that we're going to give them from the time the job starts to the job the time's finished, that we're always going to be there to service them, take care of them. But more importantly, we're going to give them a great experience. And so if you believe that in your mind before price, because price shouldn't even matter, they're buying you. Because they like you, they trust you, and they know that you're going to do the best job. And, I mean, listen, survey and data and all these things show that most people don't look at price as being the number one reason why they choose a contractor. They look at value. They look at what they bring to the table. And that's what it boils down to. Listen, we're not going to get every job. And we know that. And that's okay. We're good with it. Yeah. But if I'd rather get you know 40% of our opportunities at my price then you know get 70% you know and be down with everybody else
0: right yeah absolutely i i i believe the same thing do less work at the right price make your profit make the right profit because you know i think a lot of i think a lot of business owners either forget or they don't realize that hey you know there's a there's a formula to profit. And the whole reason why we're doing this is the business has to exist in order to make a profit. What you do with the money is that's that's up to you, but if you can have a business, the thing's got to be profitable. It's got to make money.
2: Well, it it has to be profitable and and just think about things that you can do, you know, for your most important asset too. Your employees. Your employees, yeah. Oh, you can provide them with with health insurance, with paid vacations, with very very competitive you know, rates and compensation, and then you're able to attract the best people, you're able to keep the best people, which in turn, they're going to be your ambassadors. So if we're looking for installers, salespeople, production managers, if you're taking care of your employees and your people, don't you think that they're going to go out and spread the good word? It's like, hey, if you're going to do this, you're going to be a roofer, you're going to be a siding guy, you're going to be, you know, a production manager, sales whatever. this is the company you want to work for you want it. you wanna be part of this, and you can only do that by getting the right
0: price yeah well, that is uh that's awesome john so um we're uh you know we're getting close to the to the end of this episode of uh the wealthy contractor podcast and and thank you for for being on i know you know one of the things that i really wanted to ask you about maybe we could we can kind of wrap up with this in the the last couple minutes here is um, working with family now i know that some years ago you um, you actually purchased the company from your father correct yeah How, how long has that been
2: nine years now
0: nine years okay and so but here's here's the 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 thing. He's got uh for those of you listening, his uncle Ed works for him, who's that awesome guy everybody loves Ed. And then and his aunt Terry who runs the office. And she's she's a fantastic I mean these are fantastic people. But the thing that blows me away is I just I'm trying to picture like having my aunt and uncle work with me and like me being the boss it's like how do you pull that off? It's and now your and your son works with you. I mean that I guess we can understand that a little bit bit more. But um how is that working with your with with family, with your you aunt know, and uncle? I mean, you know, I, I think it, it,
2: it's it's challenging at points, you know, it, it, and there're very few points only because sometimes, you know, uh, you almost revert back to my uncle being, you know, my uncle and you know he's sort of 10, 12 years older than me. I guess you know just kind of like uh, the respect. You know I, I have such tremendous respect for him and Terry yeah. both. And um uh, but sometimes it, it it could be hard because you know it, it's harder to, to maybe ask them or tell something tell them to do something because they are, you know, my aunt and uncle. But here but here's the other I think even but this is the better thing is that it's trust, it's family and you can always depend on trust and family. Yeah. So I can You know, I can be gone for two weeks, I can be gone for three weeks, and I know the company's just going to basically run by itself because, you know, with, with Terry and Ed and my other key employees, they take care of the customer, they take care of things, they do their job and they do it so well, so I don't have to be there every single day to micromanage. I can go do things that maybe I like to do.
0: That's awesome. And ultimately, look, I mean, when we talk about the wealthy contractor, for me, you know, everybody associates wealthy with money, but that's that's only part of it. Um, there's also time, freedom, you know, you get to, if you want to leave the office today or you want to be gone for a couple of weeks, you have to have the ability to do that. That's part of the reason why we go into business, you know, in relationship, you know, who you hang out with and who you do work with and who you do work for and you know we talk a lot about that and time money relationship and 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 so being the wealthy contractor to me is really all about having the ability to have the freedom of time and money and who you hang out with and and all of that and and so i i'm very grateful for you for sharing your story um and uh i think uh i'm pretty certain Uh, those listening will get a lot of value out of, out of, out of the story. I hope so. Um, I will say to everybody, if you are um, listening to uh, these podcasts, uh, please subscribe to the podcast so that every new one, you'll just automatically end up in your podcast feed, wherever that is. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes Um, for the Wealthy Contractor podcast. And uh, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group and the Wealthy Contractor. Thank you for joining us on this episode with my good friend, John Rogers, and we will see you next time. Thank you, John. Thank you.